So this is a Bible study for Ephesians chapter 3. It looks short, so it might be a shorter mess, um, Bible study than uh, the prior ones. So getting right into it, um, this is titled God's Marvelous Plan for the Gentiles. Chapter 3. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. So here's the mystery. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. So this is earth shattering, groundbreaking news for everyone in the world. You know, if you are Jewish, then you are God's chosen one. Like God's promise is to all the Jewish people. And those were his chosen people. And here's what, like Paul was, he was a Jew. He was persecuting Christians. And his name was Saul at that time until he was knocked off of his horse, went blind, and also had seen, or I guess saw the vision of Jesus. And Jesus asked him, why are you persecuting me? And he was knocked off his horse and went blind. And then Jesus told him how he would regain his sight. Paul was obedient, did what Jesus said. And then after that, wrote like most of the, what's in our Bibles today in the New Testament. There are multiple books, letters that he wrote to everyone. So his life was completely transformed, changed by the revelation of Jesus and who Jesus is. And then he dedicated the rest of his life to talking to other people about Jesus. And so he understood this mystery by revelation from God about Jesus. And this is like, you know, he's excited to share this. So his life was transformed. He was once against Christians who were, you know, followers of Jesus. So Paul was against, you know, in his name, Saul, he was against Jesus, but Jesus changed him and Jesus was revealed to him. I did see some uh, headlines, you know, whether or not they're true or not. I I would assume, I mean, I'm hoping they are, that um, there were like, I don't know, something like 200 people who at the same time are different, you know, had visions of Jesus and they were from actually the Muslim faith. That's no different than being of Jewish faith and having a vision or a revelation of who Jesus is. Because like the thing that is in common between Jewish and Muslims is that they, you know, will, you know, acknowledge that Jesus was present, acknowledge that he was a prophet. I believe they both do, but do neither believe that he is the Messiah or that he is the son of God. So those are the differences. 
and are the similarities that they don't believe that. And but the ones who are not Jewish, which would be anyone like um, I guess Christians too, um, that are you know current Christians, is that this mystery about Jesus being made known is the blessing to all of us. Like I am, I'm not Jewish and, um, I'm a Christian and it's because of Jesus that we receive the inheritance that was given to Israel, that was promised to Israel. And that's how we are grafted into Israel. And so that is a blessing that all people, you know, Christians, Muslims, I guess, you know, any people who accept Jesus, who turn, I mean, and any other religion, I mean, I guess there's Buddhism, Hinduism, I don't, I don't know all the different faiths of the world, but, you know, there's all people that believe these different things, but if they ever get the revelation about Jesus and about who he is, this is what will graft all of them in to be the commonwealth of Israel, together with Israel, to become an heir to God's eternal kingdom, which is awesome. And it's something that we all have to be thankful for, because that means that means the whole entire world, all the people, because first it was the Jewish people, Israel, who were promised this from God. And then God opened it up and allowed the whole entire world, those who would believe in Jesus, and to become a part of that and to receive that same benefit as brothers and sisters, as heirs to God's kingdom. So it's, and it's all through Jesus. And that's why it's so critical that all these religions who don't acknowledge Jesus as the son of God, as the one who made it possible for us to be in eternity, if someone doesn't believe that, they're not going to, they're not going to be a brother and sister in eternity with, with God. And hopefully that's what we can pray for is that God will open their eyes and it says in scripture that God hears the prayers of the righteous. So if people are righteous and if people are fully submitted to God, I would say that those people's prayers are very powerful. And of course, they would align with God's will if we pray for the salvation of people. So it's important that we remain in Christ, that we don't, you know, fall back into sinful ways or reject Christ or become enemies of God, that we stay in relation with God so that our prayers are effective. And we know that our prayers, if they are in alignment with God's will, they will be answered. So if we pray for someone's salvation, God will work in his own way, but you know, God will listen. And there's proof of that when you look back at um, Abraham and his prayers and about Lot, his nephew. Um, look up that story if you're not familiar with it. But God prayed, not God, I'm sorry, Abraham prayed to God that he would spare, he would spare a lot of people. This is about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says in scripture that God remembered Abraham. Well, Abraham was a righteous one, and he remembered his prayers and spared Lot's life. 
allowed Lot to continue, and it was because of Abraham's prayers. Now, Lot was living in a very sinful city, and probably, I mean, how much can you live in a sinful city and not become a part of it to some degree? So he was maybe, I don't know, maybe he was partially participating in some of it. I don't know. Or maybe he was righteous. I don't know. But for there was it was clearly stated that Abraham prayed for Lot's life. And it clearly says in scripture that God remembered Abraham and spared Lot. So that gives promise to all believers who remain in Christ, who live righteously, who remain submitted to God's will and wanting to do God's will, keeping in communion with God, in prayer with God, reading scripture, staying connected to God, that your prayers are powerful and can do things that you yourself can't do, but God can. So keep praying for people because God answers the prayers of the righteous and people need to believe in Jesus. As I always say, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Going back to scripture, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Again, that's just another affirmation that Paul is saying he became a servant of God by the gift of God's grace. Like he was persecuting Christians, but God, he was forgiven of that. And then God used Paul to, I mean, we're today, I mean, he was, it was in the 60 AD. So we are almost 2000 years, not quite, but almost 2000 years after Paul wrote this. And we're still reading from what Paul wrote. So look at what God has done, but through someone who was actually attacking Jesus and killing Christians. I mean, he was, he was present, I believe, when Stephen was stoned to death. Um, so Paul, as it, when his name was Saul, but God gave him a new name of Paul. And that's also symbolic, like a new identity in Christ. We were all sinners. We were all against God. We were all enemies of God. But when we submitted our will to God's will and we asked for forgiveness, God is merciful. He forgives everyone. Anyone who has the heart that they want to reconcile with God, God forgives. And because he is merciful, he, we're, everybody should be so thankful that none of us are in God's position because a lot of us would not be as gracious as God is and as merciful as God is. Um, so thankful that we have, that God is there and that God is the judge and that God is the one who gives forgiveness. Um, unlike, you know, some of us who might hang on to things and not want to forgive, but God forgives if a person has something in their heart that they really want to be forgiven for and they go to God with it, he forgives. It doesn't say he might consider it. It says he will consider it. So there's nothing to be fearful about when we are asking for forgiveness for anything, anything that we've done in our lives because God is love. He wants us in his kingdom. He wants us to be reconciled with him. So there's nothing that stands in the way of that. And that's, that's a blessing, definitely a blessing. But 
Going back to scripture, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for the ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. This is, you know, really interesting about Paul if you think about it, because Paul was chasing after these people. He was like going after these people, like killing people or allowing them to be killed, whether he was doing it actively himself, but he was allowing that to happen. But then his life changed. And then he, and then God uses him, this guy who is going against everybody. Then he uses that same person to bring about this message of hope. Isn't that ironic? Like the very opposite thing that Paul was doing God changed him and made him into a completely different 180 degree, you know, like a a completely different person, like the opposite of what he was, and then sends him out to the people that he was going after and, you know, gives them hope, reassurance, and, you know, all these things. And it's just amazing how God uses people. So if we look in scripture, that's the other thing to pay attention to, that some of the major people that God used, they were all sinners, all of them. I can't, I mean, I say all of them, maybe I shouldn't say that because I think, you know, like Enoch, um, I don't know that he was, he was righteous. There are certain people that were righteous. I mean, like Enoch was, um, he never experienced the physical death as I understand. Um, or it was Elisha, Elisha, um, or maybe Enoch also, but Elisha was one or Elijah, and uh, anyway, that's that's really interesting. Like the, there are some exceptions, so I shouldn't say all, but you know, like Moses killed an Egyptian because of what he was doing to the Israelites or the Jewish people. Um, so he had, you know, that's not necessarily God's will that that happens. I mean, God is a God of peace and a God of love. There are times where God does take that action. So it's always important to be in alignment with God. And God is the judge. God is the one who should be taking care of all these things. In fact, we also see that in scripture where there is a supernatural force that's out there because it might have been Elijah. I wish I knew. I don't know the Bible completely 100%, but. I remember stories, and sometimes I don't remember what character it was, what person it was in the Bible, but there was a person who was in a war, and um, they were they were strong in their faith and their belief of God, and they had one of the people that was in war with them that was doubting, that was fearful, that looked out and saw the enemy and saw that they were outnumbered and knew that they were going to be completely... Um, diminished by numbers only, just by looking out. And this person, I can't remember which one it was, um, prayed to God that this second person's eyes would be open so that they could see the reality. And the second person's eyes were opened and there was like a massive amount of God's soldiers in a spiritual sense. And this the ones who the one who had faith and the one who was doubting the faith both of those that that group of people prevailed in the war and they were completely outnumbered 
And But it was God that was with them. And that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not necessarily about the person, but when God is with you, things, supernatural things can happen. And, um, and, and it, takes, it takes belief, but there is a spiritual realm that is influencing our world today. And the Bible tells us that. I mean, when you read the Bible, you understand that. But there were people that, you know, did, they weren't perfect people, but God used them. And um, I mean, I guess Rahab is another one. It was in the war of like in Jeremiah um, or Josh, I know I'm drawing a blank on that one too, but um, she was, she helped some spies. And so her life was spared because um, she was doing the will of God. And she also, if you look in the genealogy, that she was in Jesus's bloodline, like he came from that. And she was a, she was a prostitute. So there are all sorts of um, different kinds of people. It doesn't matter what someone's been, because in Christ, they become new again. They have a new life in Christ. So that's the point I'm trying to make. Go back to scripture. Um, let's see. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known, should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So that's really important too. His eternal purpose is for people to be reconciled with him and to be in his kingdom. And he accomplished this in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, Christ is the word for the Messiah, the Savior. So Jesus is the Savior, and that's how it was accomplished. Jesus's death on the cross is what accomplished that feat for us. It wasn't anything that any person could do. It was because of what Jesus did that made that possible for us. Getting back. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. That's awesome. I mean, when we are in Christ, we can approach God and we have freedom. We're freed from slavery, freed from the ruler of the air and the influence of him. We have freedom because we are no longer bound in slavery to sin. And we have confidence. We have confidence in our future that we will be in God's kingdom, that because of what Jesus did, we can have confidence because scripture tells us that. And then going back to scripture, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. And then a prayer for the Ephesians. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom Every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So that's a beautiful prayer. And it's a good reminder, great reminder about that the thing, the good things that God gives us and he does give us power. It's the power of God working within us when we are reconciled with God, when we are in Christ and there is you know, this love that surpasses knowledge that we have through Christ. It's it, God's love becomes real to us. We understand the love of God through Christ. And it, you know, scripture does say there is no greater love than to lay one's life down for others. And that's what Jesus did for all of us. And think about that. I mean, it's, um, it, it shows like the God of creation was willing to suffer a physical human death so that all of us could later be in God's kingdom and never have death again and only have beauty and joy and a phenomenal eternal life. That's all what was given to us from God out of love to make it possible because there were enemies of God in the spiritual realm, the fallen angels and Satan who were determined to separate people from God and to make it not a reality that people be in God's kingdom. And those spiritual things, people, whatever, entities are at work today and still trying to keep people out of God's kingdom through the deceitfulness of sin and letting people stay within sin. But Jesus, on the other hand, is he's more powerful than anything spiritual and anything, any of the evil spiritual stuff. And he can break all of that and free people from that bondage so that people are able to be in God's kingdom. And this is a wonderful opportunity, a um, an amazing gift from God that he's given to us out of his love for us. And it's something that every person needs to be aware of that there's an inheritance out there. You know, do you think about like people in their earth, earthly knowledge thoughts, you know, um, when people talk about inheritance or if there's a relative that passes away and people, you know, like say they're a multimillion or billion dollar person or something. And then people get all excited about, you know, receiving some of that inheritance And that's like such so short-sighted, like that is meaningless when you think about it. You think about the inheritance that all people are offered through Christ for God's kingdom. Think about like the inheritance of eternal life, the inheritance of never being sad again, the inheritance of being in God's presence 
to be able to communicate and be in God's physical presence in the future. There's nothing that tops that. And it's just absolutely the most loving thing that anyone could ever do for us to make it possible for us to have that despite our sinfulness and our rejection of God. When we realize like how many things we do that push against God or go against God, and then we think about what God did for us, even while we were doing that, we have so much to be thankful for. And I hope that many people realize this. And we'll talk again on chapter four.